I suggest that we can prove the existence of God from the impossibility of the contrary. As Christians, we do not give up our intellect. The strongest evidence and argument for the existence of God is that without a belief in God, you can't prove anything. How can the law be material? That's the question I'm going to ask you. I would say no. And can you give me an example of anything other than God that's immaterial? Welcome to the Revealed Apologetics podcast. I'm your host, Elias Ayala, and here at Revealed Apologetics, Our goal is to equip believers to defend the Christian faith, and we want to equip you to do it in a way that is honoring to God and faithful to Scripture. So sit back, relax, get your thinking caps on, and let's dive into our topic for today. Welcome back to the Revealed Apologetics Podcast. I'm your host, Elias Ayala, and today we're going to be talking of, uh, we're going to be talking about, rather, the the canon of Scripture. We're going to take a look into the concept of the self-attesting Scriptures and what that means, okay? Uh, let's define our terms here. When we talk about self-authentic, uh, you know, the self-attesting uh, Scriptures, and we're talking about something like the canon of Scripture, I think it's it's very important to... Uh, define our terms now when I when I speak of the canon of Scripture now those of you who are completely introduct you know the, this is your introduction to this sort of stuff I'm not referring to a canon like you know what they use in like the the, the Civil War or the American Revolution uh, the canon re- uh, refers to a standard um, in this context it refers to the the books of the Bible the books that make up the Bible so Matthew Mark Luke and John those are canonical books okay and we consider them to be, we consider them to be inspired by God. Okay, um, so uh, we're going to take a look at this uh, this idea of the canon of Scripture and the concept of uh, the self attestation and authentication of the Scriptures. Okay, so uh, in exploring the question as to how the canon of Scripture came to really take the shape that it did, I think many questions kind of pop up as to the legitimacy of, the, of this process. You know, how are the books of the Bible um, chosen? How are they recognized to be divinely inspired and things like this? I think these are important questions that pop up in um, uh, in these kinds of, uh, you know, these kinds of studies, okay? How do we know that we have the right books? Yeah, people ask these kinds of questions. And I think these questions are important for Christians, but I think it's also apologetically relevant as well. You know, were the current books of the, the New Testament simply voted upon by Christians who maybe had an agenda they wanted to push? All right? You have this idea that, you know, um, when Christianity took power, you had kind of this 
desire to put forth this belief system. And so the powerful church chose certain books so that they could uh, control the beliefs of people, blah, 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 these sorts of things, right? Did the early Christians simply accept the books that supported their particular theological perspectives? You know, there's this idea that history is written by the winners, right? So I, I think these are all really important questions. Um, I think, but without going into like so much detail concerning each of these points I just raised, uh, I will I will provide kind of a short explanation as to how we should really understand the notion of um, self-authentication of the scriptures, okay? This idea that scripture attests to itself and does not necessarily appeal to some higher authority to validate them, okay? So we're going to talk a little bit about recognizing, you know, the canon, recognizing the books that belong in the Bible, so to speak, right? Now, against the, the Roman Catholic model, okay, where the, the church uh, is participating in the determining which books are to be considered canon or not. Uh, and the Protestant view, I think, the correct view, which um, really recognizes the canon of Scripture as being recognized as authoritative, as, as opposed to being uh, maybe declared authoritative. Okay, I think the traditional Protestant understanding of, of what we call canonicity stands unique when compared to the different models which we see um, where there is an external validation as sometimes the primary and, and only means whereby authoritative the authoritative canon of Scripture can be established. Now, I think it, it's vitally important to consider what the Scriptures say about itself when constructing a viable model for canonicity. Okay, Now, again, I don't want to say this to undermine the importance of the role of the church in recognizing the Word of God. Okay? But um, we believe that the Bible is self-attesting, and it authorizes itself because of the nature of what it is. Okay? The writer of Hebrews tells us, uh, For when God made a promise to Abraham, since he had no greater to swear by, he swore by himself. That's Hebrews 6.13. Now this brief verse is really packed with great theological implications, and in that are, you know, these implications are very much related to the subject matter at hand. Now, from this verse alone, we learn that there is no greater authority than God himself, no greater external referent to appeal to, to validate a promise declared by God. And likewise, when considering the issue of what we call canonicity, what greater authority can be appealed to to establish God's word? I, I want you to think about that for a moment, right? There is no higher authority. And this being said, I, I don't want to give the impression that we're just simply going to dismiss any external um, evidence of the authenticity of certain New Testament books and things like that. These, those are important. External considerations are vitally important, right? For they help us establish things like um, apostolicity, which, which is a fancy word, which just means that the, the particular book in question is connected to an apostle or someone who knew the apostles. Uh, the testimony of the early church as to the nature and role of the scriptures, etc. What I'm seeking to point out is that while these external issues are important in establishing the authority of scripture, they they do not stand independent, right, of the issue of the nature of scripture itself and what scripture says about itself. And I think what the scripture says about itself, I think, is a very important piece of um, this issue of canon. Okay, now while External evidence is extremely important, and, and, and I, I can't minimize that. I want, I want to st uh, stress that, okay? I think someone like John Calvin, uh, Protestant reformer who has nothing to do with the deciding of the books or recognizing the books, blah, blah, blah. I think John Calvin was right when he wrote 
Uh, God alone is a fit witness of himself and his word. Scripture is indeed self-authenticating. That's what John Calvin said, and I agree with him. I think the great Reformed theologian, uh, Herman Bovink, rightly notes in regards to how many of the church fathers considered Scripture. He says, in the church fathers and scholastics, Scripture rested in itself, was trustworthy in and of itself, and the primary norm for church and theology. Now, of course, Jesus himself declared, sanctify them by the truth, your word is truth, John 17, 17. Now, Jesus here is referring to the Old Testament specifically, but no doubt the writings of the New Testament were also recognized to be divinely inspired by the early church. But how did this, this recognition come about? Well, in a simple sense, think about it. Jesus said that my sheep will hear my voice, John 10, 27. And it should be noted that the words of God are God's words, independent of anyone recognizing them as such. Okay? Now, we know this much to be true today, given the fact that there are many who reject the authority of God's word. But given this rejection, if the Bible is what it declares itself to be, then it is what it is, regardless of what others think about it. So this being said, how can I reconcile my statements then <laughs> regarding the self-authenticating nature of the scripture and my assertions that it can and often is vitally important to appeal to external evidences for canonicity, you know, appealing to the church fathers or, you know, things like that, that what they recognized as uh, what was canonical and what was to be the books of the Bible and things like that. And of course, uh, there were issues and debates. Um, of course, you have certain segments uh, within Christendom that hold to books that other um, aspects of Christendom do don't hold. So all of these questions are important and can they warrant their own personal study and, and looking into. Um, but I think I think the answer uh, to these questions are really nicely summarized by uh, Dr. Michael Kruger, who uh, I really appreciate his work in canonical studies. He writes this. He says, and I quote, We shall argue that when it comes to the question of canon, the scriptures themselves provide the grounds for considering external data, the apostolicity of the books, the testimony of the church, and so forth. Now, of course, this external evidence is not to be used as an independent and neutral test to determine what counts as canonical Rather, it should always be seen as something warranted by Scripture and interpreted by Scripture. Okay, that's a, an excerpt from the, his book, uh, The Canon Revisited, in chapter 3. Now, that's a very good book if you're interested in uh, the canon of Scripture, how it developed, and how it was recognized to be divinely inspired, right? That's an interesting book in and of itself that you might want to pick up, The Canon Revisited. But I think the utilization of external sources of evidence comes from Scripture itself. And doesn't really uh, doesn't it does not um, reduce to placing external evidence over and above the authority of Scripture itself. Okay, this way we can we can utilize external data in the validation process without subjecting God's word to the authority of a solely external source. You know, whether it be particular evidences or a declaration via a church council or something like that. Even in the very process of validating the canon. We want to do so in a way that it really does not invalidate what the canon says about itself. Now, this is very important. In other words, the issue of canonicity and what books belong in the Bible and uh, the nature of self-authentication self, self of Scripture and its own self-authorizing you know, authority because it comes from God himself, these are really, really important because if the Bible is what it says it is, then there is something theological about the scriptures themselves, that they come with a certain authority upon which nothing external to itself can validate it. But that doesn't mean that we don't use external sources to help us 
in knowing what the early church recognized to be divinely inspired. It's just the case that the scriptures bear testimony to itself, and that is the ultimate, um, the ultimate test, so to speak. All right. Now, a common objection at this point uh, manifests itself in the assertion that such such a line of reasoning commits the logical fallacy of circular reasoning. Right. Um, you know, the Bible is self-attesting. Blah blah blah. But circular reasoning, if you think about it, is not always a fallacy. Um, for no one can escape utilizing some form of it when, when dealing with their intellectual ultimate authorities. And I think speaking of ultimate authorities is really very relevant to presuppositional apologetics. In our reasoning, um, at bottom, there's, there's a stopping point upon which all else within our worldview rests upon. And depending on the individual, that, that intellectual starting point, that ultimate authority in reasoning will, will differ from person to person. So for the Christian, at least our ultimate starting point is the Word of God. It provides meaning and coherency to everything else that we believe about anything. The scriptures provide us a view of reality, a means and process whereby we can gain knowledge and how we should live our lives. So as Christians, we shouldn't shy away from the fact that the word of God stands at the center of our lives because in them, God speaks to us. Now, again, it's very easy to listen to this this podcast episode and think like, well, well, what about this and what about that? And he said this and this implies that. Listen. When we talk about the canon of Scripture, how the books were recognized to be um, divinely inspired and, and all of the, you know, the internal self-attesting evidence and the external uh, evidence from, the, from the, the church fathers and things like that, this is a huge area of study. And I'm just trying to scratch the surface. I think, though, from an apologetic standpoint, understanding where the Bible came from, the nature of Scripture itself as being the Word of God and self-attesting and being the ultimate authority. All of these issues are are vast areas of study, but from an apologetics perspective, Christians need to be aware of these things. And hopefully, this episode encourages you to look into these matters a little more. I really appreciate the work of Michael Kruger. If you're interested in looking into um, studies of the canon of Scripture, um, you might want to look up the work of Michael Kruger. If anyone has never heard of him, I'll spell his name for you. Uh, Michael, okay, M-I-C-H-A-E-L, just in case. Kruger, K-R-U-G-E-R. And you could check out his book, um, The Canon Revisited. I think it's offered on Kindle as well if you're one of those digital people, right? Um, but again, this just scratches the surface. And uh, I hope you guys are pointed in the direction of saying, hey, you know, this is an important topic. Um, and although Eli didn't cover all of the issues here, um, maybe this is something I might want to look into. All right. Well, that's it for this episode. Um, I think I'm losing my voice. I, you're probably going to hear it on the podcast. Uh, you know, I'm kind of standing pretty close to the mic as well. So I do apologize if my voice sounds a little uh, rusty. All right. So uh, I hope this has been helpful. And um, that's all I got for today. So take care and God bless. Bye bye. Thank you very much for listening to the Revealed Apologetics podcast. Uh, if you have any questions um, that you would like me to cover in a podcast episode, uh, please email them to me to revealedapologetics at gmail.com. Also, we very much um, appreciate your prayers, and if you wish to support Revealed Apologetics financially, uh, you can by doing so. Um, we have a, a PayPal account set up. Uh, you can... Um, uh, Help us out financially um, at paypal.me slash revealed apologetics, 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 paypal.me slash revealed
me slash revealed apologetics and that would be uh, greatly appreciated if, if you were able to help out financially if not um, we we definitely would appreciate uh, prayer um, and um, once again if, if you have any questions uh, that you'd like me to cover revealed apologetics at gmail.com thank you so much for listening take care and god bless <laughs>